Well, good morning and thank you for joining us at Bloomer Baptist Church. We continue today in the book of John, Believe and Live, as we continue to look to Christ in the book of John. And today, Christ, the water of life. So please open your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, you'll need your Bibles open or a pew Bible open to follow along this morning. Today we will see three main points or ideas. The seeking Savior, the sinful woman, and the strange water. Today, see, today we see Christ as the water of life. As we come to John chapter 4, we find Jesus alone at a well with a woman. We'll spend a couple weeks here. Jesus' disciples had gone away to the nearby village to gather food, and Jesus was alone. But not for long. This would be no meeting of coincidence, though. This was a divine appointment, and this was no ordinary, everyday woman of which they might often come into contact with. This was a Samaritan woman, an outcast, a sinner. But like all sinners, she had a deeper problem than being a social outcast. The problem that she and all sinners face is that as sinners, we are estranged from God, outcast in another way. Isaiah 59, 2 tells us, but your iniquities have separated you, have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you. Our sin stands between us and a relationship with the Lord. And it's until we come to Jesus by faith, we will continue to be spiritual outcasts from God. But praise the Lord, Jesus bridges the gap between God and man. And 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, our Lord, Christ Jesus, the Messiah. With now you having your Bibles open to John 4, let's read now, starting at verse 1. Of chapter 4 of John. And the word says this Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. This was about noon. And with this, take note of Jesus being wearied. We have a detail of Jesus' humanity. Jesus was both fully human and fully God. This is also known as Jesus' hypostatic union. The union of Christ's humanity and divinity in one hypostasis or individual existence. Please note that in Jesus being both fully human and divine, there's no imbalance or dilution of either. Jesus is one perfectly balanced person, both human and divine godly. Next, I do want to note how Jesus got here to Samaria and this town called Sychar in this Jacob's well. Jesus had left Judea and departed for Galilee because of the attention him and his disciples were attracting through their ministry. They had been doing a lot of baptisms. Just how many? We don't know, but we know it was more than John. And we know that his disciples were doing the baptizing, which is also important to see. 
No one baptism is more powerful than another. And not only the master must do the baptisms, but the servants as well. Jesus and his disciples leave Judea. But possibly not just because of the Pharisees. John's followers could have also been upset. Even though John had proclaimed of Jesus and his importance as Messiah. Some of John's followers may have been jealous of the attention Jesus was getting also. Either way, the important thing to see now is that Jesus leaves. But on his way to Galilee, he travels through Samaria. This was not the normal route of travel. In fact, most Jews would rather travel through Gentile lands than to find themselves anywhere near a Samaritan. And a Jewish man would especially not be found caught talking to a woman, let alone a Samaritan woman, a sinner, an outcast. More on this later. Jesus was in Samaria, not by accident. Not simply because they were traveling the normal route of travel, but by divine appointment. Jesus was doing the Father's will, his work, and would take a message of salvation to Samaritans. Let's read some more. A woman from Samaria came to draw water in verse 7 of chapter 4. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Jesus speaks to a woman, a Samaritan woman. And not only this, but they were obviously not finding it important to avoid touching food made by the Samaritan's hands either. Which also brings up another good point or idea. Nothing can corrupt Jesus and the people who truly belong to him. Jesus is incorruptible, for all he wills and touches become healed and alive. Back to the reading, verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Now, it's interesting here that Jesus turns the conversation around. First, Jesus asked for water. But then turns conversation into a gospel conversation. And tells the woman that it is she who should be asking for water from him. Water was his witnessing tool. His everyday object. We too can use many things to turn a conversation into a gospel conversation. We too have many everyday objects which we can use to talk about the Lord. Why him? Why should she be asking him for water? Jesus begins to ask inviting and intriguing questions as he gets more into this, this discussion. Let's read on. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Jesus is obviously not speaking of the physical water in that well. He does not need a pot to lower down for this water. Despite how deep that well might have been, Jesus had a deeper meaning, a spiritual meaning of eternal life in him being the water of life, the strange water. And Jesus says, the water that I will give will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, 
give me this water so that I would not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Now, there might have been a hint of sarcasm here or disbelief yet because Jesus does continue on to, in some ways, prove or talk about who he is, his power, and why she should be listening to him and wanting what he has. Maybe it's more of a, sir, well, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Or maybe she just doesn't completely understand the meaning yet. So Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. It is with Jesus' knowledge of her life being spoken here that she begins to start to recognize Jesus' importance, his power. Not fully yet, though. It is also with this spoken that we begin to understand why this woman may have come, A, at noon. Most water is filled at the coolness or of morning or night. B, to this well, there would have probably been a closer well in town. And see, alone. She came to the well alone. This was not common. Why? What is the reason for her to be there in the middle of the day at a far well and alone? Well, as Jesus mentioned, she is a woman with not just one husband, but five. And the one she is with now is not her husband. She is a sinner an outcast, and probably avoided social interaction with others from her town because of her past and current living circumstances. The woman now began to recognize that Jesus is not an ordinary man. Says to Jesus, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. Verse 23. But the hour is coming and is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Thank you for following along. Jesus is the Christ. The Messiah. He is the water of life. Christ is the water which brings eternal life and no eternal thirst can be quenched apart from him. Here we see the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. We also see Jesus' care for sinful people, outcast, a sinful woman. From this we see today's big idea. Jesus' care for sinners, outcasts, strangers, so shows us that we should also care for them. Christ is the water of life and we must share our full pots of his eternal living water with others. Yes, Jesus cares for sinners and so should we, even strangers, even outcasts. I told you there would be three main points or ideas seen and discussed in today's scripture. So let's bring attention to these now. 
Number one, the seeking Savior. As we started this chapter, we found Jesus and his disciples leaving, departing Judea for Galilee. But as I also mentioned, and we read, Jesus and his disciples did not take the common route. Jesus had bigger plans. Jesus is a seeking Savior, and he does not just seek out one people group, people of one racial background, wealth background, cultural background, or religious background. Jesus also does not just seek man. Jesus seeks and desires all lost people to be found, fed, and thirst quenched, but not simply hunger and thirst for today, but desires of eternal life and hope, which may be fulfilled in him. Jesus is a seeking Savior, and he seeks lost, sinful, outcast, needy people, strangers, no matter their background, and shows them the way to life. Has Jesus sought you? When did he seek you out? Do you remember your testimony, your story? Share your story. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. We too must seek and care for sinners no matter the background. We see this here in the story. Jesus is the seeker, not the sought. Nothing is further from the mind of this Samaritan woman than repentance and salvation when she comes to this well. Verse 7 tells us she came to draw water. She came to the well seeking provisions for her daily needs, not eternity. But Jesus sought her out. He'll ask inviting, intriguing questions. He'll use an everyday object to create conversations of repentance, salvation, and eternity. Jesus seeks the most depraved outcast of society, and he shows her the way to salvation and spiritual truth. Jesus shows grace and mercy to one whom all others might have turned away. How many people do we turn away? When Jesus is calling us to talk to the strangers, talk to the outcast, talk to the sinners, show them the eternal life found in the waters, the living waters of Christ as Savior. Jesus exposes the sinfulness and needs of repentance in this woman, as one should to show a need for repentance and salvation. But then he also gracefully shows the solution. Jesus shows her the way to life, new life in him. Jesus shows her truth and righteous living, for all these things are found in him. Jesus speaks truth to the woman, not flattery. It may come across brutal or, or unkind. But it's more unkind to allow someone to continue to live in sin, committing self-damaging acts and dishonoring God with their lives. It is more brutal and unkind to allow someone to live for hell instead of God and his kingdom. Kindness means showing them the way to Christ's living, his living water, eternal Life and hope in Him. Kindness means showing people a better, righteous way to live by God's ways. Kindness 
means showing people Jesus. Share your pot of living water. Number two, we see, we saw, we read about, we talked about the sinful woman. We've already spoke greatly of her, actually. This woman is particularly sinful, greatly sinful. Not that God places more weight on one sin than another, but her sins are great and apparently known by many. She had no intention of bringing attention to herself, her actions, her sin. When she came to that well, she was trying to avoid people. She came from far away at noon to avoid confrontation and shame and discussing her sin. In fact, when Jesus starts to address her, she states that she has no husband trying to avoid talking about her life. She came not seeking spiritual healing. In fact, she in some ways avoids acknowledging the issues of her sin. But she comes upon the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who knows all. And Jesus shines light and truth into her life to show her the way to salvation. That he is the Christ. Jesus uses everyday objects to help portray or bring about understanding of what he has to offer her. We too can and should create gospel life transforming conversations using everyday objects. Everyday objects like the chair you're sitting on may be used. Let me give you an example. You see how you trusted that that chair would catch you when you would fall into it? You can trust in Jesus to catch you when you fall into him. But rather than just trusting in him to keep you from falling on the ground, you can trust him to catch you and carry you into eternal life. What everyday objects do you come into contact with which can give great illustration, which can start great conversations for our Lord? This brings us to number three, the strange living water. The water Jesus offers is a water that is alive and gives spiritual life. In verse 10, Jesus refers to this as the living water, a water which brings eternal life to the one who takes it in. This is found in Jesus. This water satisfies. It satisfies. Christ is the strange living water satisfies both immediately and permanently. It seals one's needs for eternity. Now, of course, this water is not literal, but of a spiritual nature. If the woman was to lower a pot into that well and raise it up, it would have been physical water, which would fill that literal pot. Although we speak of the spiritual, it changes our physical and spiritual lives for eternity. The water Jesus speaks of comes from Jesus, the great gift of the Father, and through the Holy Spirit in his great work of regeneration within the newness of life of those who confess Jesus to be Lord of their lives. Romans 10.9. Here's where we wrap up this point, but also this sermon and go to the closing and back to the big idea. This water is to be overflowing in the newness of life. 
and should be continually flowing out to the lives of others. Please listen as I read from John 7, 37 to 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. As we come to end now, I wish to summarize and have some closing take-homes here. Jesus seeks the lost, hurting, sinful outcast of society. Jesus seeks all and desires all to come to know him as Lord and Savior of their lives. All people are thirsting for something more. Jesus is the only one who can quench their thirst. Come to Jesus, drink, be fulfilled, be satisfied. This is a message which should be flowing out of our heart. All may be satisfied with the living, flowing waters of eternal and permanent life-providing and sealing power of which he alone brings. But also see and understand that this water is to be flowing constantly through your life and to others, like a river, like a river. Just as the light of Christ shines forth through us all, his flowing water of life may also flow. Just as Jesus cares for sinners, strangers, outcasts, despite their backgrounds, we too must show his care for and to all people. Despite backgrounds or feelings, show them the way to Christ, the water of of life eternal. Next week, we'll continue the story and see how Jesus, sharing of this water of life with this one woman of need, the fact that he is the Messiah, will overflow into the other people's lives as well. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the water of life which he gives us to thirst our need for life and hope of eternity.